Christ Church Kingwood is a Christ-centered church that seeks to proclaim the gospel in both word and deed by glorifying God and making disciples of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we worship together in the ministry of the word. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Galatians 5 verses 16 through 25. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Good morning. All righty. If you don't know me, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here. Excited you guys are back with us as we continue our walk through Galatians. Our text this morning is what you just heard. It's Galatians 5, 16 through 25. So if you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn there. We're going to be jumping off from there in just a second. There's plenty to discuss this morning full of practical uh, truths and hope. So let's do this. Let's pray and then let's dive in. Will you pray with me? Gracious Father, I ask that you would this morning open our hearts, our ears, tune our hearts and our minds to your word, to your son Jesus Christ, that we might know him more, that we might um, rejoice in your goodness and respond to the call you have in our lives. Father, we pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we we dive back in this morning, um, I just want to recall to your mind the text from from the last few weeks of what Paul has been uh, reminding these Galatian believers of, of this this freedom we have in Christ Jesus, right? So if you look at just all of chapter five, you have verse one, it starts with that, for freedom Christ has set us free. 
right? And it builds from there and from our text last week in verses 13 through 15, right? We have that Paul was, was reminding these Galatian believers that Christian freedom is not the freedom to indulge in, in sinful nature, in the works of the flesh, but rather this, this freedom is to resist. We are free to resist the working of the sinful nature. And he says that our freedom is, is not freedom to take advantage of our neighbors, right? But instead, it is freedom to serve and to love our neighbors. And so Paul is, is building upon this idea of the freedom we have in Christ. And so as we dive into our text this morning, what, what we see is Paul answering this question, right? This lingering question of how we are to use this freedom to love our neighbors and how we are also to keep in check the works of the flesh. Because if, if left to our own devices, we will 10 out of 10, right? Choose to not love and serve, but choose to take our freedom as a choice to pass on helping and serving and loving others. So in our text this morning, we see Paul reminding us that we are able to live out this call to freedom that we see, he says, through the Spirit, by the Spirit. Look at verse 16 this morning. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He's saying, listen, listen, in contrast to verse 15, to, to biting and devouring one another, he says, let's try this. Let's walk by the Spirit, Paul is reminding us, these, and, and these Galatians believers, that, that if we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the desires of the flesh, the desires of the old sinful nature we had before Christ came into our lives. You will not use your freedom as opportunity for the flesh. But he doesn't stop there, right? He makes the point again in verse 18. He says in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Meaning that if we are led by the Spirit, we will not be weighed down by the weight of the law. We are free to love and to fulfill the law by the power of his Spirit. And so I was feeling very Baptisty when I when I wrote this, um, and it sometimes comes out. But I have like alliteration for y'all. So if y'all are note takers, you're going to rejoice in this because I've got I've got three words and they all begin with C. Uh, so as you're as you're taking notes this morning, the first thing I want to highlight from the text as we dive in is that in Christ there is a command to walk by the Spirit. We have a command to walk by the Spirit. Again, verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Scriptures, this idea of, of walking, scriptures are filled with the example of this call, of this daily walking with God. You see it in, in uh, the Apostle John, in John 1, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 6. He says that our, our talk and our walk should match, declaring that whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he, Jesus Christ, walked. And then the Old Testament, uh, Psalm 1, 1 and 2, reminds us that we should not walk as the wicked do, but instead delight in the law of God. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, 
but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You see this all throughout scripture, this idea of walking. The Christian life is to be a walk. You see it in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. Uh, Paul is reminding us that God has given us good works to do beforehand, before we even knew about them, that we should walk in them. Scripture is full of this reminder. The life in Christ is a walk. We are under the command to walk by the Spirit. And obviously, this is not walking in the literal sense, right? Walking here means this, this is the very activity of our life. The daily in and out, the day by day, the, the moment by momentness of our lives is to be by the Spirit. You see, this idea of walking implies this consistency, habitual nature. Paul is saying that it is to be the very tenor of our lives, that we should be perpetually walking by the Spirit. And even if you look at it literally and, and this idea of walking, no one in the history of, of ever has said that they just forgot and as walking said, oh yeah, how does this go and falls down? It is not a thing that happens. Walking is uh, second nature. It is habitual. It is all of our lives completely and totally by the Spirit. And here Paul is saying that we are to walk by the Spirit. And there is this sense in that of, of walking as moving forward. It is not walking in place, but there's this idea of walking. It is going from uh, where one is to where one ought to be. As the Christian, as, as Christians, as we submit to the spirit, Spirit's control, we grow and we step forward in faith. Meaning step by step, the Holy Spirit moves us from where we are to where God wants us to be. Brothers and sisters, we, we can rejoice in this, that the Spirit is working in us and is the source of our power for us to live a God-honoring and Spirit-filled life. And, and note too, the way, the way verse 16 is phrased, right? Do not gratify the desires of the flesh. He says, uh, he, he says in, in this way, I'm sorry, um, but I say walk in the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, it's not flipped around. It's not, do not gratify the desires of the flesh and in so doing, walk by the spirit. He's not putting the, the cart before the horse. This is what these false teachers were proclaiming, these Judaizers were proclaiming to these Galatian Christians that you must do and therefore you can honor God. And he's not saying this, he is saying it is walk by the spirit so that you do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul is saying that we are called to walk by the spirit and through its work we are able to resist the desires of the flesh. And so it is the spirit who works in us. But even still, we are under this command to walk. The Spirit works in us, yet it is our call to walk by the Spirit. 
And Paul talks about this, this, this tension that is there of, of the spirit working in us and our call to move forward and to walk with him and by him uh, in, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. We see this, it says, therefore, my beloved, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. We are, you see, in, in faith to walk by the spirit and he will and work in us for his good pleasure and for our good so that while he is at work in us, we have a responsibility to be actively walking in and by him. And so th this, is, this is to be a call to action. But, but why? Why is there action if God is working in us, right? Why, why do we have to do anything? And it's simply because of this, because the best antidote to, to sinful sedentary, to sinful complacency is gospel motion, right? The best antidote to sinful sedentary is gospel motion. Look at what remains in, in, uh, in verse 16. He begins with, but I say walk by the spirit and he ends with, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He is saying that, that walking by the spirit means that we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul is calling us to activity, not just passivity, not just staying where we are and, and fighting off the negative, fighting off the desires, uh, or as some translations say, the lust of the flesh, but we are to be growing, right? In a positive direction, we are to be growing more in the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. If you flip over that, you'll see that Paul shows us what it looks like, uh, what this looks like. It says, but we all with unveiled faces beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. Paul is saying that, that we behold the Lord's glory and that as we daily walk in obedience to him and to his will, and then we will, as we walk by the Holy Spirit, he will do a miraculous work in our heart, over time changing us into the image of Christ by one degree of glory to the next. And so we are to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. It is a call to action, a call to movement, to, to moving forward. And this is what Paul is getting at when he says, walk by the Spirit. He is saying that every believer should be living their Christian life in this manner. It is to be walking in the Spirit daily, step by step, so that we might not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so that we can be made more into the image of Christ Jesus. And so, brothers and sisters, this, this is the first point, right? That we are commanded to walk by the Spirit. The second point is that we are commanded to walk by the Spirit because there is conflict between the flesh and the Spirit. Look at verses 17 and 18. He says, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they, these are in opposition to each other, to keep you from doing the things you do not want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So we are called to walk daily 
actively by the Spirit because the Spirit and the flesh are in contact, uh, conflict with one another. There is a war raging between them. One commentator makes this observation about these verses. He says, along with many other verses in the New Testament, these two verses make it obvious that walking by the Spirit is not simply a matter of passive surrender. The Spirit-led life is to be a life of conflict because in it there is a constant combat, combat between the old ways of the flesh and uh, that continue to tempt and seduce us as believers and the new life we have in the spirit. And so there is this conflict between the flesh and the spirit. And just for clarification, the, the flesh that he's talking about here is, is the, the old man, right? The sinful nature that scripture uh, often refers to as the flesh. This is the nature that has been crucified with Christ. If you look at verses 19 and 20, right, you can recognize it by its works. The flesh is recognized by its works, and he says, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, right? He covers his bases. There's so much wrapped up in there. The, the, these are all things that are self-serving, sinful uh, that, that bring to mind self and sin, and then he just adds to that and things like these. And he says, I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this, this flesh is clearly recognized for its works, for its uh, thoughts and deeds that are corrupt by the sinful nature of death that is apart from Christ. And so we know that the, the, the flesh is evident by its works. In contrast to that, Paul says that the spirit is also recognized not by works, but by its fruit. And he says in verses 22 and 23, that the fruit of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And he says that against these things, there is no law. And so we see this conflict play out and if you are in Christ, you've seen this. Uh, uh, we are called to walk by the Spirit. And when we walk by the Spirit, we are to, uh, it is to choke out the desires of the flesh. Meaning in Christ, we are, established, we are established in him. We have new life. We have a new nature. We have new longings and loves and new desires. And we have the Holy Spirit who is empowering us and who is battling and restraining the flesh in us. But we must understand that the flesh is still clinging to us. Understand this, brothers and sisters, sin is present, but it is no longer dominant in our lives. So we are called to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit so that we might not gratify the desires of the flesh. But we must understand that this is conflict within us and we are walking step by step with and in the spirit so that we might resist through his power the work of sin in our lives. Sin is present but it is no longer dominant. 
You see, uh, the, the new God-centered desires that we have in Christ Jesus can crowd out and snuff out that old man-centered desires of our old nature. You see, verse 16 makes it clear that it, it promises victory over the desires of the flesh, right? If you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But verse 17 and 18 reminds us that while, while the victory is sure, there is still a, a war being raged. But we can rejoice in the good news that the winner is already the Spirit. In fact, this is what Paul means in 24 when he says, the flesh has been crucified, right? The flesh has been crucified is how he phrases it in verse 24. That is, the decisive battle has been fought and won by the Spirit through the death of Christ Jesus. The flesh is as good as dead. But the warning here, brothers and sisters, is that while, while the war is not turning on a tide, Right? The war is not going to change, but rather there are still outlying pockets of resistance that must be fought. The flesh will not lay down its arms easily. It must be fought daily. And the only way to do this is by the Spirit. You see, he is, he is building in this, this chapter that we have been freed from, from sin and from death to do just that, to walk by the Spirit. And we are to live in such a way. As Christians, we are to live in such a way. We are to walk by his strength. We are to walk in the victory he has over that indwelling resistance movement of the flesh. Scripture says that we are, uh, we are to be strong, but only in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul is warning us here that there is still a conflict happening between the flesh and the spirit, and we must therefore daily walk by the spirit so that when we do, the flesh is then conquered daily. This does not mean that there will not be setbacks, of course, right? Look at the way he ends verse 17. He talks about this war of this, the flesh and the spirit against one another. And he says, it is to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And meaning by that, that you are pulled about by two contrary forces, that you are dragged downward by the flesh and drawn upward by the spirit. These two things will never agree. They are in opposition. And brothers and sisters, this is a reminder that you will struggle and you might from time to time be as Paul was in Romans 7 uh, where he says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want, I keep on doing. You see, we as children of God are in this tug of war between the Holy Spirit, which is ours in Christ Jesus, and the flesh with its sin and that of our old nature, which has been put to death. Paul is reminding us, therefore, to walk by the Spirit and to not seek justification from the law, because the law stirs up the flesh, and, and, and grace, which is what we want, comes by the Spirit. When you live for yourself, 
or out of yourself, then you are walking after the flesh. But when you live for God, you walk after and in and by the Spirit. Your life will bear the fruit of the Spirit that is at work within you. And we've talked about the, the fruit of the Spirit in a, in a past sermon series, so we're not gonna dive in depth to each one of them, plus you don't wanna be here all day, but um, uh, I encourage you to go back and, and re-listen re to those. They were a, a great series um, if you wanna know more about those. But um, we must consider brothers and sisters, uh, how the Spirit is bearing fruit in our lives when we walk by the Spirit. You see, it will not look like the works of the flesh. It will look like the fruit of a tree that is well rooted in the ground. In the walking, in walking by the Spirit, there is this idea of, of connectedness, of abidingness that comes with daily, moment by moment, walking by the Spirit. It's this idea of, of, a, of a tree bearing fruit. It is rooted and grounded in Christ. A tree that is watered sporadically will not do well and bear fruit. A tree left out in, in the sun that we've had, uh, unattended, will die within hours, right? Because it's ridiculously hot. Um, but we must know it is in that deep, daily, abiding connection that the fruit grows best. Just like the fruit grows best in a well-watered and cared-for garden, so we are to... Uh, continue in that way. So I urge you to consider the fruit present in your life when you look at these two contrasting the works of the law or the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Do you see the fruit of the spirit in your life? Or do you see the diminishing work of the flesh in your life? You see, brothers and sisters, we are under a command to walk by the Spirit because there is a conflict between the flesh and the Spirit. And now we can see in verses 24 and 25 that we, as we walk by the Spirit, we are children living by the Spirit. Verses 24 and 25. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Paul continues on reminding his readers that while there is conflict still between the flesh and the Spirit, for his children, for the children of God who are in Christ Jesus, the flesh has been defeated. It has been crucified with its passions and desires. In Christ, we have condemned it to die. It has been nailed up to the cross, not once only, but continually being put to death on the cross. This is the, the mode in which we are to view the sinfulness in us, the daily putting to death of the sin that reigns in us. 
We must continually, continually be putting our sinful nature, the sinful nature of our flesh on the cross and killing it. One Puritan put it this way, right? Be killing sin or it will be killing you. There is this war that is happening. And brothers and sisters, if we, we are followers, right? If we are followers of a crucified Christ, then he is looting, leading a crucified people. One of the greatest prizes that we can claim in the death of Jesus Christ is the death of sin. Far too often, we, we are found a displayed message of Christ Jesus who came only to save you from hell and not mention the defeat of sin. You see, but when he, he pardoned sin, he also redeemed his children. When he justified by his spirit, he also sanctifies those he has in, in his son. Christ came, you see, to save sinners from death and from sin. And our call, brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ, our call is to walk by the Spirit. Daily walking by His Spirit, not in the flesh, so that by, by His power and by His love, we can daily put to death that sinful old self in our flesh. And so that, not just so we can put that to death, but we can grow more and more as his children in the likeness of Jesus Christ, his son. You see, listen, uh, in, in, in Romans, Paul reminds us of, of Christ. He says, for the death he died to sin once for all, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. At the cross of Christ, he accomplished his work. Sin was defeated. And Paul is reminding these Romans and reminding us that we must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Now, the implied exhortation, right? The implied um, thought of what Paul is saying here at the end of our section in Galatians is to consider this crucifixion to have taken place in our lives. To realize that we are dead to the flesh, that we must believe in him and we must believe that to be true and to live like it. We must believe that our flesh has been crucified with Christ and that we now live in, through, and for him. We must believe that and live like it, he is saying. And you see, this is the order. This is the important part. It is not uh, what these Judaizers were claiming, what the, the, the men who came to these Galatian believers, it is not what they were saying, which is do and do and do. And through that doing, you might earn something. This is that we must believe in the work of Jesus Christ in faith. And then out of that, let that in our daily walking and abiding in him, we let that shape our thinking and our doing in and out of the Holy Spirit. You see, brothers and sisters, we are to not be mastered by the flesh, 
or by our sin. We must understand that it is defeated in the cross. And so, brothers and sisters, we should live like that. Live in that. That is why he and we will end this, this final verse, right? If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so if we have put to death the old man, we live by the Spirit. Not only do we walk in step, not only are we led by him, but we are to live by the Spirit. And so doing, keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I used to be um, in, in, in a marching band, right, in high school. Um, I played trombone. And if you look at me, you probably, if you know anything about band, you probably go, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I did. And if you also know me, I am not the greatest with rhythm. Um, I remember always during marching band practice, uh, the, the drum major or the band director yelling at me, John, find the beat. Because he said I walked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. I had no other traits I shared with Shaggy. We'll leave it at that. But I, I always was behind the beat. And he used to always, always yell, John, find the beat. Find the beat. You're out of step. Pick it up. All the time he used to say that, right? Uh, Ratla, find the beat. Oh, I still can hear that in my dreams, I think. I w- <laughs> uh, what Paul is reminding us here is to keep in step with the Spirit, right? To not be behind the beat. We are, we are to be marching in step, step by step with the Spirit, in line with Him. The word here for walking is that exactly. It is like a military term for marching in file to battle, to uh, keeping step behind the leader. Let us also keep in step with the spirit, he says. He is our leader and we are to follow in his footsteps. So the idea is is we, we take steps Simple enough, right? We take steps. And as we do that, the Spirit leads us through this life. So our life is one of following after and in step with where the Spirit leads us. There's nothing weirder than a marching band trombone wandering off in his own direction. What a, what a perfect metaphor, right? For, for uh, not keeping in step with the Spirit, But this is the call. We are to step by step. Keep in step with the Spirit. And brothers and sisters, don't miss the practical lesson here. We are to walk by the Spirit. We are to be led by the Spirit. We are to live by the Spirit. These are the marching orders of the gospel. We, in faith, are to believe and daily commune with him, walking by his spirit. And so, brothers and sisters, consider today where you might be be following the desires of the flesh and not the way of the spirit. And as you answer that, we just remember we are called to repent and to ask the Spirit to help us follow Jesus. 
You see, living in the spirit is at odds with living in the flesh. That's what we saw this morning. We are called to live in the spirit. And this is not a life free from all sin. It's not some miraculous thing of we, we who are in Christ never sin. You will struggle and fall into sin. But when, when I say reflect upon where you are at, it is reflecting on, on this, that are, are, you, are you in a life in which evil and sin does not reign because the Holy Spirit himself is compelling us to follow after him? Ask yourself, are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? That doesn't mean are you bearing every fruit all the time and never struggling, right? That's not what he's saying here. He's, are, are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? How many, how many apples on a tree does it take to make an apple tree for you to say that's an apple tree? It's not a hundred, right? But it, it, it's certainly one. We are called to live in the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, so that evil will not reign in our lives, so that the Holy Spirit himself will, will compel us to follow onward in Christ Jesus. So I wanna challenge you, brothers and sisters, reflect on that this morning. Are you walking by the Spirit? Or are you struggling in the flesh? If you're here this morning, you're saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in sin, I, I see no hope. Um, and you don't know the Spirit or you don't know the Son, Jesus Christ, to follow after him. We'd love to talk to you about that and what it means to know Christ so that you can live in new life and not in death and sin. But I wanna encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, to reflect and to look. Where does your life lead and land? Are you seeking and uh, serving Jesus Christ? Are you living a life in the flesh? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that it is not by my own power or my own anything that you love me, but it is through the work, the love, and goodness of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we would be a people who are keeping in step with the spirit, who are walking by your spirit. And through that, we would flee from sin, that others would see the goodness of you in our lives and be drawn closer to you. Father, let us, moment by moment, step by step each day, walk by the spirit. Father, we are a people who are prone to spend more time searching the news channels, looking in a mirror, or distracting ourselves with games than to actually spend time seeking and savoring our Savior and Lord. Father, let us be a people who 
walk by your spirit. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Praise God from all blessings Thank you for worshiping with us through the preaching of God's word. We exist to glorify God by making disciples. We would love to have you join us in person as we gather together on Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Covenant Preparatory School on Hamblin Road in Kingwood, Texas. To learn more about Christ Church Kingwood, visit our website at ChristChurchKingwood.org. Uh...